Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome to 2020. Stacking the Box coming right at you as the playoffs are here with the former offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz and our NFL insider Matt Verderam. It is Wild Card Weekend, and it is... The coaching carousel. What a fun time to be a Cowboy fan, to be a Redskin fan, to be a Browns fan. Well, yes. To be fair, the Cowboys' job still, still, someone just sitting in that seat. It's a problem. Well, <laughs> what, let, let's actually start there, Jeff, if we can. What do you think is going on in Dallas? Is this Jerry Jones just trying to get some attention for his team that is not in the playoffs, or? Is there is there are they trying to figure out a soft landing spot for Jason Garrett? I mean, what's going on with Big D? It feels like they know they want to get a divorce, but are waiting for like the time to tell the kids, right? I mean, like, okay, guys, like we've sort of separated. We're not telling anybody yet. We're gonna wait till this day, which I think is January 14th, and when they can actually part ways. They're just kind of waiting for that official day to make it happen. But I just don't understand why they just haven't said, look, Jason, we love you, man. You're part of our family. You're 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 a Dallas Cowboy. You've done great work. But we're just moving on. We're going to go find ourselves Urban Meyer, who's now being reported as as a possibly for the Browns job, which we'll get into in a second. You know, hey Lincoln Riley, hey Matt Rule, which they really now Matt Rule can be interviewed for a job after his bowl game. I just don't know why they haven't said like, look, buddy, we love you. We you've done great work. We're just moving on. And so the question also becomes this, guys, and and maybe Matt, 
of your opinion on this. Maybe they're looking around and they can't get Urban. They can't get Lincoln. They can't get Matt Rule. And Jason Garrett might be the best guy left standing. So to continue on your analogy of like, when are you going to tell the kids? It's almost to the point too, like from Garrett's point of view, like you have to know you're probably gone, right? Like it's almost like if your wife comes home and she keeps smelling like the, the cologne of her trainer. Yes. And you're like, hey, that's weird. And you know, like everybody knows what's going on here. Like she's not even trying to hide it at this point. She's just coming right. home like, eh, it is what it is. And you're like, yeah, maybe things will get better. Look, I, I don't understand if you're Garrett. Like, I get his contract's going to run in a few weeks, but wouldn't you yeah. just want to save yourself the indignity of this entire thing and just get it over with and just have a mutual parting of ways? Now, to your other point about whether or not they have a better option, this is where, to me, it becomes really interesting. All these other teams are interviewing guys right now. Okay, Like, Robert Salah's got an interview this week. Eric yeah. Bieniemy has multiple interviews this week. Josh McDaniels has multiple interviews this week. Uh, you talked about Matt Rule over at Baylor. Okay, His season is over now. So... You talk about the Giants as an opportunity maybe for him there. Okay, A lot of people have talked about that he would like to go there. I don't know personally that to be true, but that's been the report. Oh. There, so you just you wonder, like, like, if you're the Cowboys, if they don't do anything until January 14th when this contract with Garrett officially expires, then what happens? Because you're going to have a lot of coaching hires already made, even with coaches who are in the playoffs, just agreements in principle. Like what are the the Cowboys don't have anybody on that staff currently you feel really good about, right? Like maybe Chris Richard, but I, I don't know that they'd be thrilled yeah. about that. So it's it is very odd. It's very strange what's going on there. I'm a little confused myself right now whether I don't know, Verderam's wife is spending a lot of time at the gym here. That was a fascinating analysis <laughs> to start the show right there. Thank you uh, for that, man. First hand knowledge, there, buddy. I'm yeah, sorry. The, the cologne of the trainer. I feel. I'm. I'm Look, I man. feel a little bit off right now. I, it, everything. Everything's fine at home, but I'm telling you, that stuff happens, man. Uh, no, that hey, stuff happens. No, I. I got it. Uh, th- what's interesting to me with the Cowboys is you did have a guy, a very attractive guy, in Ron Rivera, who was sitting there. And yeah. you let him get to the Redskins. So now you're competing against him. And that would have been a name that any franchise would have been excited about, including in Dallas here, Jeff. I mean, did, did the Cowboys miss an opportunity? Absolutely love the hire of Ron Rivera to Washington. Feels like they got an adult in the room. Good buddy of mine, Redskins fan, texted me and said, I cannot believe we're doing the right thing. And they, and they finally are. Got rid of Bruce Allen, who's been kind of an issue there as well. Got rid of the trainer, head trainer who – Edition with Trent Williams, Sua Cravens, felt like a place where no one was going to trust the training staff as well. And people complain about Ron Rivera's record in Carolina. Three winning seasons in nine years. Let me remind you, took over a 2-14 team with a brand-new quarterback in Cam Newton. By year three, they were 12-4 and four and won the division. Then Cam Newton was injured the last two years, and they did not win those two years. No surprise there whatsoever. He's an adult in the room. In Carolina, I live in Charlotte. I follow the team. I play for Ron Rivera. There was no PR guy. Ron Rivera was the PR guy. The owner didn't speak. The GMs did not speak. When there were issues with a player on the team or things outside or the ownership, who obviously there was a changeover ownership, Ron Rivera was the one speaking. He dealt with all these issues himself. I think he's ready for this job in Washington. Great hire. So I think everyone's in agreement, too. Great hire by the Redskins. Why, Matt Vermont, you take this? Why did Ron Rivera willingly go to Washington knowing the level of dysfunction that's been there. Because I don't think he's afraid of it. I, I think I think he feels like it's a good challenge. He can make a difference. I think he maybe likes Dwayne Haskins. Feels like this is a young quarterback they can build around. Haskins is not 
like Newton from the standpoint Newton is so athletic and Haskins more of a pocket passer. But I think that there are some similarities to that other job. Of hey, look, Carolina was a mess when he got there. A mess. I mean, Jeff Jeff could obviously speak that having played yeah. for the man. So uh yeah, I don't think is gonna shy away. Now they didn't have Dan Schneider, I understand that. But let me touch on a few quick things. So Jeff, you mentioned they fired Bruce Allen. Bruce yeah. Allen was a disaster. I, I can't express strongly enough how much of a disaster Bruce Allen was. In August, I wrote a story about the dysfunction of the Redskins, and I talked to six NFL sources for the story. And all six of them, without his name being brought up, said, let's talk about Bruce Allen, and then fired into stories at 90% of which I couldn't even report. I had one source talk to me for two hours, and an hour and 40 minutes of it was off the record about things that happened with Bruce Allen over the course of his tenure there. So, look. It's a big deal that they moved on from him, okay? It's a big deal that the training staff's getting revamped because that was another complaint you heard over and over that made it into the story. It's, it's also a big deal, in my opinion, they kept Eric Schaefer on board. Eric Schaefer is one of the few people in that front office who's really respected around the league. So I think the Redskins really did a nice job. Rivera can coach. Look, he's not Lombardi. He's not, he's not Belichick at this point, but he's a coach who's gotten to a Super Bowl. Like, he's pretty damn good. Most teams in the league would be happy to have Ron Rivera. So, I think it was the right move. I think so far, if, if you're a Redskins fan, look, are you skeptical? Maybe because you feel like you almost have to be after the last 20 years. But I think that they have finally made real moves that a, that a good franchise would make. Jeff, what do you do or what would you like to see the Redskins do as far as bringing in a front office guy with him? Because that is a lot of names being thrown yeah. out there. Uh, and I, you know, John Dorsey's name is out there. Martin Mayhew, Lewis Riddick. There's a million names out there. So how big of a component is that for the Redskins? I would say, I would assume huge. So we've seen this formula actually work recently, where the head coach gets a say in his general manager. Um, we saw it in Buffalo with Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean. We saw it in San Francisco. Uh, there's other other examples as well that people have, have thrown out to me where it has worked. And Ron Rivera has said, "Look, I don't want 100% personnel control." I just want to be able who makes who choose my you know, choose my fifty three man roster right the guys I have to coach the guys I have to go to you know the battle with I want to choose help choose that I don't care who they draft who they bring in you know who they like who they don't who they pay just let me choose who makes my team basically which I think is a reasonable request for a veteran head coach so I don't know who the right guy is but it's obviously a guy who needs to allow Ron Rivera to get some of that. You know, I think Lewis Riddick, obviously, I think really wants in on a front office job. Maybe this is his his point to get in. Uh, I, you know, John Dorsey, I don't know, man. Uh, he's able to, to build talent. And Matt and I know this through, obviously, the, the, the Chiefs. and But he seems to just, I don't know, contracts aren't the best. And he seems to have messes wherever he leaves. I don't know if that's the right guy for Ron Rivera. Well, now he, I have a question because you know John Dorsey. He, and, and I know John Dorsey a little bit as well, but obviously not in the same way you do. Um, so Dorsey signed you back in 2013 with the Chiefs, and yeah. you had a very good year. You ended up going on to the Giants. What was your personal interactions like with him? Because there was a lot of stuff coming out of Kansas City when Dorsey got fired there yeah. that it wasn't necessarily his personnel stuff, but his management style – uh, you know, yeah. some, like, d- did you see that when you played there? I know you were only there a year, but did you see any of that, or did yeah. you not see that? Like, what was your read on it? So, a couple of things here when it comes to general managers. First of all, John Dorsey said, "Every time he saw me for a year, made the Schwartz be with you." It's all he said to me for a year. Um, I'm being dead serious. He wore he wore the Chiefs like the gray pullover yeah. with the Chiefs block yeah. lettering on. He walked his hands behind his back and say, and he loved it. He loved every second. 
You know, something that I think we confuse, and this happened in Jacksonville, what happened with Tom Coughlin and, and why he got fired, and the change he had to make for being a coach to a front office personnel guy. Most personnel guys, most general managers have no personality, right? They're former scouts. They're used to grinding tape, sitting in a dark room, talking coach speak, and they're dealing with interactions in far like transactional deals with players, right? Like we're looked at as commodities to them, which I don't mind that idea of how it's going to work, right? I mean, you know, you you bring in a Jeff Schwartz, you let someone else go. You let Joe Schwartz go, you bring someone else in, right? I understand that dynamic. So most of them don't have great personalities, and we don't talk to them very often. They're not in our, our meetings as much as you think they are. So we that time time with players and, and personnel. You know, look, I, I think with Dorsey, it's a weird situation considering Cleveland, how that whole thing went down. He came in, they were in the midst of, of losing every game, you know, and he, he was there for the last couple of games. Uh, then really did revamp the roster. Like Cleveland was on the front cover of Sports Illustrated, right? Like yeah. coming into the year – Beckham's in now. He trades for Beckham in a deal that everybody thought was a great trade for Cleveland. Mayfield has a great rookie year. The biggest mistake Dorsey made was Freddie Kitchens. Had they have hired an actual honest-to-God head coach who could have brought some accountability to that room, I think they would have been okay. I think they were still a little overhyped, but I think they would have been okay. I think they might have gone 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6 and six if they get some breaks, but like they made the cardinal sin, and I've reported this, so I feel like I can say it. Look, they, they, neither he nor Jimmy Haslam was sold on Freddie Kitchens. They hired Freddie Kitchens because Haslam wanted Greg Williams, and 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 Dorsey wanted Mike McCarthy, but it didn't work out for a variety of reasons, and so they ended up settling on Freddie Kitchens. That's everything I've come to understand from talking to people around the league, and so. Now, ironically, Mike McCarthy might come in and be the head coach. He's one of the candidates, but. I think had they have landed somebody they really believed in, I think it would have worked out better. Instead, they both kind of were like, eh, I guess it doesn't work. And now it's like, all right, enough of this. This isn't going to happen. The one thing I will say, and I'll leave it at this with Cleveland, I don't understand. This love affair, and not only Cleveland, but everybody seems to have with Josh McDaniels. Can anyone explain this? So like, that, that's super interesting because that that to what we're talking about as far as the coach comes in and then they hire the GM. I mean, McDaniel's on to all that control if he's going to go there, right? And so to your point, Matt, what, are you really going to give that to Josh McDaniel? He, he's never won anything. Like this, like he went to Denver. Now, like he was a young guy. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance. Like he does, but he did nothing in Denver. That team was a disaster. They started out hot. They fell apart. They ended up having to trade away half their team because of the way he acted in that, in that yeah. organization. And now it's like this idea that, like, well, my God, we've got to do anything we can, can to possibly land Josh McDaniels. This is the first year in New England. They haven't had Gronk. This is the first year where Brady's starting to look his age, and they can't move the ball a foot. And that that's the guy you're just rushing to hire that you just can't live without. I don't understand. Like, to me... I don't get it. I get if you're doing all this to get Sean Payton, to get Andy Reid, to yeah. get Mike Tomlin. He's done nothing. No, like what is what is the fascinating? I I don't understand it personally. I mean, I think the fascination is that he's been successful with Tom Brady in the Patriots system, and I think that people hope he learned from his Denver experience and was able to, you know, take what he learned there. We've seen coaches obviously have second opportunities. Pete Carroll. Bill Belichick come to mind as you know, coaches who have had second opportunities and do a really good job. So I think they're hoping that that. I just think that 
you know, the, the pool of of coaches with any sort of experience at all is very, very small, right? Yep. And if you're looking to get someone and not kind of start over with a brand new coach again and sell it to your team and your organization, Josh Mayoff is one of those guys who you can look at and say, look, he won in New England. He's won before. You know, let's go out and get a guy that we know you know, can, you know, knows the way, way is around a play sheet at least. Right. And so I think that that's the allure of maybe Josh McDaniels. It's not a, a, I don't think the best hire of all time, but I definitely think it's up there as far as just guy who might know what he's doing. The one thing we haven't named about the Browns is this power struggle with Dorsey and Paul DePodesta, who apparently wanted to hire Kevin Stefanski last year before they hired Freddie yep. Kitchens, and and how much influence does he have on what's going on? Because it seems like they 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 picked DePodesta over a Dorsey. I and the Browns in general, it's like when you look at the job, do you want to come in and and, and coach Baker Mayfield? Here's a guy who's going out in his last game of the year screaming at yeah. Bengals fans like a freaking clown. I mean, do you, you know, you want to you want to bank on that guy? Look, you know what? I'll, I'll just I'll be succinct with this. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Richard, get the mute button ready. Um, they need somebody to come in there who will tell Baker to shut the f*** up. I'm serious. Like that's what They, they, they need somebody who's going to come in there, tell him to shut his mouth, and worry about football. Because I'm not saying they went six and ten simply because of Baker Mayfield, but it didn't help. He was terrible yeah. this year. He was absolutely yeah. flat out terrible. Twenty two touchdowns and twenty one picks in today's game. Are you kidding me? That's awful. And a lot of and at least with Winston, like he throws thirty picks. At least he threw for five thousand yards. What the hell did yeah. Baker do all year long? So like, I, you need somebody who who can go in there and can tell him this is how it's going to be. Who can tell Odell Beckham, this yep. is how it's going to be. And if you don't get in line with my program, you're going to be gone. And to me, you need somebody with experience. I think McCarthy would be a really good fit there because he can put his Super Bowl ring down on the table and he doesn't need to say much more. Jeff, you can somebody just, come in there with a guy with guys like that and actually get them to change their ways? It's going to be really tough. You know, I think Baker Mayfield does not feel like he's going to learn the lesson he's supposed to learn because he hasn't learned it all season. Ever. And you know, here's the thing about about the chip on the shoulder guy, is I get it. Like I have, I have, a, I don't know if I told you this before. I have a list on my phone of everyone who told me I couldn't play in the NFL. All right, still on my list, still on my phone. I don't look at it anymore. I don't play in the NFL. I mean, I'm, I look at it once a year, maybe. Right? I, I like I'm scrolling through my notes. Oh, there's my list. All right, but I, I eventually made it. Okay, and I'm playing eight years, and I got paid. Baker Mayfield, you won the Heisman, and you were the number one pick in the draft. The chip on the shoulder bullshit is over, buddy. You are the guy in Cleveland. Stop worrying about this talk shit to everybody every time someone talks to you, having the last word, worry about unimportant things that don't matter toward winning. Focus on doing your job. Yeah, see, I never got that with, with players, and obviously I haven't played like you did for eight years, Jeff. And You uh, played for seven. Well, well my, regardless, <laughs> uh, you somebody's yelling at you in the stands, dude, I'm going to tug on my jersey. 
I am, do you see this? I am wearing the jersey. You paid to get in here. What the hell do I care what you say? Do you see my bank account? I, if you, and I'm not showing it to you, but you get, get an idea. And by the way, I'm going out here on this field to have a great time. So what the exactly. hell do I care? Anyone who's even played high school sports has been at some point or another yelled at by a fan. Heck, I mean, look, I get it. The high school I, kid, he's an insecure kid. You're my, in the NFL. My, my point is, like, look, like, I, just like you, okay, you and I never had any grand dreams like Jeff did of playing pro sports. Okay, I, I played high school sports. That's it. And I, I mean, I've been yelled at, and you just, you're, but you're in the middle of the game. Like, what are you doing? Just worry about the game. Worry about the sport you're playing. Don't worry about some Yahoo four rows up with a hot dog screaming. It also that's also part of what makes him him. And if you're winning like that, it also great. makes him a loser. But in his At case, he's not. He's not. But, but he's, I think our point is that like it's not working. Like he's right. not winning. So right. it doesn't matter if this is who he is. You have to change and adapt who you nope. are to help yourself win football. Your job is winning, not having as many commercials as you want. Like go win. That's what your job is to There's win. There's nothing that's been funnier this year than when he throws his third pick of the game and they go to break and it's him and it's in a commercial. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's incredible. It's and it's just, it feels like it's like every time. Like I was watching him just just playing an atrocious game against the Ravens a couple weeks ago, and he made some boneheaded play, and they immediately went to commercial, and it's him sweeping up the stadium. <laughs> just, it's hilarious. It's like it's okay, hilarious. man. Hope you got your. I hope you got your timing. So I don't think you're getting a lot of commercials this off season. Let, let's move on to Wild Card Weekend, gentlemen. Let's do it. We, let's, we can, let's talk about guys who are still playing. We're, we're looking forward to seeing Baker in the playoffs at some point. What a pain in the ass. All right. So uh, Saturday it's the Bills and Texans. That's your three thirty-five here in the Central Time Zone kick. And then you got the Titans and Patriots at night. And Sundays the Vikings and the Saints. And then it's the Seahawks and the Eagles. Jeff, let me start with you. What game are you most excited about? Well, probably Patriots-Titans. I mean, I feel like this is a game that people are, again, massively underestimating the Patriots. It's really shocking to me. We make this mistake every single year where we say, oh, the Patriots are done. And this might be the year, guys. I, 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 they might easily lose to Tennessee, but the amount of people that seem so confident in this outcome to me is shocking. It's, it's like they've never seen the Patriots play football before. Oh, they're – Titans win by two scores. What are you? What are you talking about? Tennessee doesn't have one good road win this year. What do you mean that they're going to go into New England? New England. I think I saw the stat that that Tom Brady's like nineteen and three at home in playoff games. Are you kidding? Are you just like calm down, everybody? Calm down. Yeah, I, that is also my game. But I'll, I'll go a different route here, just for the sake of of you know the podcast. Uh, Thank you, Matt. I'll go with the Vikings and and the, the Saints, and here's why. I think the Saints are the better team, obviously, but. We talk a lot about narratives. Kirk Cousins, the narrative on him, and frankly the justifiable and the correct narrative, is he has not been good in big games. He has never played good in big games. If he were to go in and beat the Saints in the Superdome, it would completely change his national perception. Everyone watches these playoff games. These are standalone games. Even if they're not technically in prime time, they're all in prime time. Okay? If he goes in there and he outduels Breeze, it changes every way that we think about him as he heads into the final year of this three-year, 84, fully guaranteed million-dollar deal. I, I am excited to see this. I also am excited from the standpoint, let's say the Vikings don't win, they don't play well. The Saints, to me, are the team that nobody in the NFC wants to see because that team, like they're better defensively than people realize. They're, they're obviously very good offensively. They've got the Hall of Fame quarterback. They've got the best receiver in football. They've got Kamara, who who is coming alive here at the end of the year after kind of being in the doldrums for a lot of it. 
They won 13 yeah. games. I understand. Well, so what's what's that have to do with Alvin Kamara? Yeah, well, my, my point is that uh, I, I, I they shouldn't be playing on this weekend. Well, they I, shouldn't, but they are. My, my, and my point is, if they win this game, they're going to Green Bay. You think the Packers are excited to play in New Orleans? So I, I'm just very interested <laughs> to see how this shakes. Either Minnesota makes an enormous statement, and Cousins in particular, or the Saints roll and everybody yeah. in Lambeau is clenching a little bit because they're looking at this game going, yeah, we're at home, but ooh, not a great matchup. By the way, can we talk about the NFL screwing the Saints, putting in the Packers game at night in Lambeau? The only advantage the Packers have at home in the playoffs is the weather, and they made that the night game. So the Saints beat the Vikings. They have to go to Lambeau and play a night game, which is a huge cool. advantage for Green Bay. Well, and what about the – Eagles getting to play at home. I know you won your division, but that's, I mean, come on, man. I know. Yeah, but it is what it is. Every year this changes, right? Every year it changes, right? One year the NFC East is bad. One year the NFC South is bad. It, it, it just changes every year. Like, you know, if you don't, you know, you, you lose the, the major incentive of winning your division, obviously, and the bat, like the battle for, if, okay, Seahawks Niners, for example, right? That game is not as important if the Seahawks still get to host a home game. Right, that game meant so much. Came down to the, just that much, right, of a guy just missing a touchdown, and now Seattle has to go on the road, right? So it, that it would change the way we view a lot of these games. I, I quite honestly like the way we have it now. Does anybody want to go off the board on the best bet from the wild card weekend to go to the Super Bowl? Anybody want to move off the Saints here and go at New England, or maybe take a flyer on the Texans? Best, like best value bet. And well, just who, who if you had to, if you had to pick one of these teams to oh. go to the Super Bowl from this weekend, who are you going with? Oh, go to the Super Bowl from this weekend, the Saints. Yep, yeah, definitely. Because I think I think they will win. I think they will beat the Packers. Although we don't have to get too far down the road here, but I, there's there's better. The only reason I, I think the Packers game scary is what Jeff said. You just it could be ten degrees in Lambeau and an ice rain, and all of a sudden it just it completely neuters them. But they're better than the Packers are. And, you know, look, the Niners and Saints to me are just 1A, 1B, however you want to slice it. I don't think it really matters at San Francisco. It's not like the Saints can't go in there and win that game. So um, there's nobody in the AFC who I think is winning the Super Bowl this playing this weekend. I mean, obviously, if you had to pick one, you'd take New England. Um, but I, I don't think New England's going to Kansas City and Baltimore and win those games. All right, let's get your predictions for your wild card weekend as we – are working with the Action Network here. Wild card weekend. Game one is the Bills and the Texans. Texans are a two-and-a-half point favorite. Money is pretty much split on this. The number is 43-and-a-half. Uh, Jeff, can can Josh Allen go into Houston and beat Deshaun Watson and company? Oh, boy. So the worst part about me picking the Bills here, which I'm doing, is that. Is that Bills fans will be like, see, the formula works. But the Bills, I'm telling you right now, today's January 2nd, 2020. I believe, yes, the second there, it says that. Yes. Uh, the Bills are going to be the 2017 Jags, the 2018 Bears. They're not making the playoffs next year. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. Josh Allen is not as good as we think he is. And we've seen you know, the Bears, Mark, right? They, their defense regressed just a tiny bit because they don't trust their offense, right? It's going to happen next year in Buffalo as well. But... Buffalo's going to win this game. Look at look at they're better, co- way better coach, right? Better on special teams. They're better on defense. They run the ball well. Josh Allen can move with his legs. The one thing that ha- that's in Houston's favor is Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, that that this game might not even be close. Hunter Armour's pointing out to me that uh, remember it was Thanksgiving there, and uh, Josh Allen went in and whipped the Cowboys and looked good. Stink. 
correct, but just a point in, point in time. They, he did go into Texas and win. Can he do it for the Ram? Yeah, he can definitely do it. I, I'm coming down the other way, though. I agree with almost everything you said, Jeff. I think Buffalo, in a lot of ways, is a better team in this game. The problem I have is Buffalo hasn't won a playoff game since the Clinton administration, which I know people say it doesn't matter, but like baggage-wise, it matter. matters a little. A little. Not a lot, but a little. Okay, As someone who's, who rooted for a team, roots for a team, who didn't win a playoff for 22 years, okay, it matters. Anything that starts going wrong for the Bills in that game, everybody and their mother is going to start going, oh, God, here it comes. Here it comes. I remember, not to bring up bad memories, that game you played with the Chiefs in, in 13 with the, when they played Indianapolis, yeah. 38-10, the second Indianapolis started coming back in that game, I was resigned to the fact that you guys were losing. So it's it's just, it's, it's like, you know, you, you knew it was coming. Like at 38-24, I'm like, oh, my God, this game's done. I so, want you to fight back. I was doing, um, I was doing uh, something the other day, and someone asked me, like, did you know the? Mo- I think I was doing my own mother podcast, my own Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. And I think they're asking me, like, did you? When did you know you were going to lose? And I just started cussing up a storm about the one play. And I think Matt knows this play. But when Andrew Luck scored that touchdown, yep. I was like, yeah, we're not winning this game. I mean, obviously, you still play hard, you still hold out hope. But when that mother. Caught the ball. Sorry for my cussing. You're going to have to mute that out. <laughs> Caught that ball and ran it into the end zone. Because Tom Holly, by the way, was standing right under the ball like this. Then it hits Castano's helmet. Luck catches it, dives in. I'm like, we're losing this game. And I was I just, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so my point is, yeah, right. No, that game, a disaster. No, no, we would have lost by 45 to New England next weekend with seven. Oh, yeah, you would have got out. killed. But like to play in that game anyways. Yeah, you would have got smoked. Everybody was hurt. But regardless, the point is, so like the Bills haven't won a playoff game since 1995, okay? If that thing starts going south, there's a real chance it really goes south. Now, my biggest reason for picking the game, because that's just a sideline, the biggest reason is I just I trust Watson so much more than Josh Allen in this game. Of course, like, yeah. I could see Josh Allen throwing for 95 yards in this game and just looking horrific and Romeo Cornell dialing up a whole bunch of things, and Watson playing well enough. Now, on the flip side, Watson quietly also has games where he looks like garbage, and and they yeah. they lose. I mean, go look at the Denver game. Go look, even though they won, go look at the Tampa Bay game. He was not good. He was awful. But they won because Winston just couldn't stop throwing picks. So, I think this game is the biggest toss up of the weekend. But I'll take Houston at home to cover and to win. I don't think it's a blowout. I just think Watson will make a couple of really special plays, and I don't think Allen will. And so that that's the difference. But, God, if this game comes down to the coaching staff, Buffalo's going on. Just for the record, the lowest that Josh Allen has ever thrown in a game this season was 139 yards against the Steelers. They did win that game, by the way, for the record. Yeah. Well, this doesn't have Devlin Hodges in it. Uh, and I, <laughs> But, yeah, look, but that's my point, though. Like, and Allen, to his credit, look, he could play very well. He And he's got that big play capability in him. The other thing is, who the hell have the Bills beaten all year long? They beat the Titans of Mariota, and they won in Dallas, and they beat nobody else. Philly killed them at home. New England beat them twice. Like, Buffalo, they, they lost to Baltimore. They've played respectably in those, but they lose every time. They lose every single game they play against a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking at their schedule. They they won at Tennessee. It's just yeah, but that was a Mariota, and it's right. just tom- and and the Titans missed four field goals in that game. Yeah, it's just tomato can central. Well, they beat the Dolphins twice, which is now maybe considered a quality win after more than the Pats could do after, after New England. Right. All right, let's move on then to New England and the Titans and the Patriots are five point favorite. The number's 44. A lot of the money's going on the over in this one, which is interesting. Uh, people think the Tennessee apparently is going to come in here and score a bunch. Matt, where are you going? Uh, I would take the under, but more importantly, look, I will take the line is what? I'm sorry, you said five? Five. Five. Okay. I I'll take Tennessee to cover, but I'm taking New England to win. Okay. And I agree with something Jeff said a few minutes ago. Everybody is freaking out now. Like Tennessee is the eighty five Bears going into this game. Like, look, they're a good team and they're playing well. They're nine yeah. and seven. Like, just calm down <laughs> a little bit. Like it is the idea. That somehow Tennessee is just this unbeatable team. Look, A.J. Brown's a terrific young rookie, okay? Derrick Henry's been awesome. Tannehill's playing the best football of his career. Their defense has some guys, although it hasn't been great down the stretch, but it's been good. I I just, this is a game, and I'm not usually big on this kind of stuff, but in this spot. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is a game where New England is just going to say, we are not losing this game at home in the wild card round to the Titans at night. Like, I, I think this is one of these games they pull out all the stops. I think New England plays the hardest you'll see them play all year long. If Edelman's got one game left in that shoulder, you're going to see it in this game. <laughs> I, like they... They are just yeah. – this might – because this really might be the end of the dynasty. It might be. Like, Brady's yeah. starting to really look his age. Edelman, you got to wonder how many years are left in that body. God, I mean, God bless the guy. He plays as hard as anybody. But he's not – you know, he's starting to break down. I just think they will summon up the, uh, the courage to win this game. They will find a way. They have more experience. I don't trust Tannehill going in and winning in this game. I don't think the Pats go a game further than this. I really don't. But I think they're going to win this game. Titans well, played course, both the Texans. What's that, Jeff? I'm sorry. I said, of course he doesn't think that that the Patriots go further. Um, Do you? So uh, I, I'll tell you right now. I'm not going to bet against the Patriots, but I don't think they're going to win in Kansas City. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, like I, I, I have a firm rule that's uh, don't bet against the Patriots in the playoffs. It actually makes a lot of money. Um, look at the Titans' schedule real quick. All right, they beat the Chiefs on a fluky game. Uh, that was Chiefs should have won. It was weird. Whatever they won, give them credit. But they, look, char- beat the Chargers, the Bucks, the Jags, the Colts, the Raiders, and a Texans team playing half their starters. They lost. You know, in the, really the two toughest games they had, which were at home against the Texans, they lost that game, and then home against the Saints. The Saints pretty much blew them out in the you know the last three quarters of that game. So I don't know. To Matt's point about being nine and seven, what, what, I don't know to see the confidence level that people have in this Titans team. It does not make sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it either, and I also don't think that. Uh, I think this game's going under. I think it's going to be uh, absolutely. I'll just seventeen to ten, something like I'll that. I'll say this quick: the roadmap for Tennessee to win this game is Henry having a big game. Sure. Tannehill not yeah. having to throw the ball over there. Because I'll tell you right now, if you don't know, if you don't believe that the Pats are going to take AJ Brown completely out of this game, then you don't know the Pats. He is not having a big game. I will be shocked if he does. They have no other weapon in the passing game. And Belichick's going to just say, okay, we're doubling him. You're not throwing the football. 
So they're going to have yeah. to have Henry having a big game. The only thing that gives me a tiny, and I do mean tiny bit of pause, if Edelman is really to the point that he just cannot make an impact, you do look at them a little bit and just go, how are they going to score? I mean, they just have no other weapons, but I'm taking the pass in this game. All right, let's move on, get over to the NFC, and we'll we'll start with the Vikings on the road at New Orleans. Now, I think Minnesota is getting zero respect after losing at home to Green Bay, and of course they didn't play the, anybody against the Bears in the last weekend. Uh, but I, I, this Vikings team, at least down the stretch to me, was playing great football. Jeff, do you think they have a sh- what? What chance do you give them as an eight-point underdog to come in and make it at least you know cover and make it close against the Saints? I mean, I, I personally am not going to bet this game, but I take the Vikings plus the eight. It's a lot of points, guys, in a playoff yeah. game. I mean, it's a lot of points, and you know the idea that obviously Cousins is going to be the issue, and he may or may not be. I just think we're massively underrating the Saints. If the Saints had a home game, I mean, excuse me, uh, had a buy in the first round uh, of the playoffs, I think most of us would agree they would win the NFC. Right, but now they have to go on the road and beat the Packers and probably the Niners, and, and the road becomes much tougher. I think they handle business here. They're, look, last weekend we saw a bunch of teams that had to play important games uh, to for playoff seating, and the only team who was great from wire to wire were the were the Saints. Right, the Patriots obviously yep. lost. The Chiefs were losing in the first half of that game and looked kind of half asleep for most of the game, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, the Packers barely won that game. Uh, Niners Seahawks was a good game, of course. Um, but the Saints were the team that came out wire to wire and beat the beat the brakes off of a bad team, like they're supposed to do. So uh, I think Saints win this game, but I, I, eight points is a lot in a playoff game for a team that can can uh, can run the ball. One last thing on this game, really interesting. I went and looked up Dalvin Cook's numbers this year because Dalvin Cook should be back. And all we've heard is Dalvin Cook is the reason why the he has five games this year over 100 yards. He has only six games over four yards to carry. Like I don't, I know he's been hurt in and out of the lineup, but if that's what you're relying on to win you this game, you have problems in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, I am too going to take Minnesota to cover, but I think it'll be a backdoor cover. I think the Saints are going to be up by a couple scores. Minnesota will score late. Uh, look, I actually like the Vikings roster a lot. I think maybe even more than some other people. I just, I don't trust Cousins in this game. I just don't. Like, I don't think he's going to be awful. But I don't think he's going to lift any any you know boats. I don't think he's going to go out there and throw for three fifty and get into a, a shootout with Breeze. The Saints are just really good. I, I you know I I think the Saints don't get the attention they deserve sometimes nationally because they're in New Orleans. If they were the New York Giants, like everybody and their mother would be like, oh my god, like that team. Yep. Nobody wants to see them. I think the Saints win the game. I don't think it's particularly difficult. Um, I think they move on. And they go to the Packers. I'll tell you right now, if I'm the Packers, I'm praying every night when I hit my knees for a bet, like Aaron Rodgers better better play his ass off in that game. If he doesn't, and he has one of these games, which is 18 of 38, they're losing. But I'll take the Saints. 97% of the money right now is on the over in this game, and 82% of the bets are on the over. Uh, I, I like the under. Uh, I think that Mike Zimmer and company will scheme well here and keep it close. So I take I would take the Vikings and the under for the record. Seahawks and the Eagles team wrapping it up three forty uh, Central Time on your Sunday afternoon. Seahawks are a one and a half point favorite. This is the tightest matchup, at least as, as far as Vegas is concerned. Uh, more money, way, much more money going on Seattle right now, and the number is forty five. Matt, we'll start with you here. Can uh, can the Eagles, even though they're at home, 
Can they beat a better team? I think everyone would agree in Seattle. Yeah, they can. It, I think it's kind of a toss-up of the game, but I'm taking Seattle because of Wilson. I, and I think you saw why, even though they lost uh, in Week 17. They had no business being in that game. Like, zero. San Francisco is demonstrably better than Seattle is. It's not even a contest. I, okay, no, like, San Francisco did whatever it wanted to do offensively all game long. Defensively, the Niners have guys all over the field. Like the Niners are a real team. Okay, I know, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I needed to see it throughout the year with them because they started out with a weak schedule and then Garoppolo. You know, you're not sure. I'm sold in the Niners. They're a really good football team. Okay, Seattle beat them once and absolutely could have and maybe should have, depending on your thoughts on that pass interference that wasn't called. Uh, beat them again, uh, but. I'll take Seattle to win this game. I think Seattle's just clearly better. The Eagles, to their credit, they've gotten to this point. They've had everybody hurt this year. So kudos to them for getting here. But I I think Seattle wins what is actually a tighter game than people think. I think a low-scoring game, something like 21-17, somewhere in that range. So Seattle, of course, went into Philly and beat the Eagles earlier this year. That was back in Week 12, Jeff. Is anything different about the Seahawks and or Eagles right now in your mind? Well, they both have more injuries, so yeah. that's one thing that they're both dealing with. Um, I like Philly on the money line here. I'm going to take them. Uh, I won't even need the points. I'll take them on the money line. I don't feel great about it, but I, I and I agree with Matt. Russell Wilson will be the reason why the Seahawks will win the game if they win the game. But something about the Eagles' culture, I just love, man. They, they don't complain. They don't make excuses. They go out and they game plan. And I think Doug Pierce is a better coach than Pete Carroll is, especially in-game adjustments. Pete Carroll might be great at motivating his team and getting things right, but I kind of like what they're doing just with motivate with you know scheming up guys and finding ways to have Boston Scott get you rushing yards. Great name. One thing to also consider here is we've seen in history too of NFL teams that we didn't think deserve to be you know a four seed Panthers seven eight one they beat the Cardinals Seattle Beast Quake game they beat the Saints as well. Uh, so, you know, we, we've seen that the home field matter in these games, which might be to Mark's point about why we should recede, but nonetheless, I think the Eagles here will just do enough, um, uh, to win this game. I'll take them on the money line. Bonus question. Quarterback in that Panthers Cardinals game. Who is the quarterback for the Cardinals? Um, it wasn't Palmer and it wasn't Warner. Um, he was not good. He's not good. No, I know. I, I'm thinking. I I haven't. Uh, wasn't no, it wasn't Barkley either. Um, Ryan Lindley. Good. Ryan God. Lindley. I think it was awesome. a obscure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Bonus yeah, question. Bonus question number two. Who do the Eagles miss more in this game? Miles Sanders, even though you, you've got your your guy who you were mentioning behind him, uh, or is it Zach Ertz? Oh, Zach Ertz by oh, far. Jesus. Yeah. Same close. But but they have but, look they have Dallas Goddard. So here's here's why. By the way, this is a great example of why outside of a quarterback, if you need a quarterback, drafting best player available is a great way to do things because you you know people say well don't draft someone if you have someone else in that spot already. Well, we see very often that the starter gets hurt hurt and the backup comes in and you've already drafted that guy. If they didn't have Dallas Goddard, where would they be? They have no tight end right now. Well, I mean, sure. I guess my I mean, the reason why I asked that question is because I think the Eagles' key to winning is keeping the ball on the ground. I don't. You got to control the clock. Fair enough. I, I yeah. I mean, look, it's it. I'll say it for Philly. It's amazing. Like I've watched them the last handful of weeks. Probably the last three games they've played. Uh, obviously, among others, but certainly the last three. And 
every time Wentz throws the ball, but who the hell is that catching it? Like, if it's not the Earth or Goddard, it's like Greg Ward, some other random guy off the street. It's been incredible. I give them a lot of credit for having gotten to this point. All right, team, let's look ahead to who will play on conference conference championship weekend. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, we'll start with you. Who do you like to be there when we're down to our final four? Well, I think Ravens-Chiefs is the fairly easy one to make. Um, and then I like Saints-Niners. Again, look, I Pats, the whole Pats thing, like, if they win this weekend, again, I, I could they beat the Chiefs? Sure. Should they beat the Chiefs? Probably not. But I could see it being Ravens. And then I think the Ravens just blow over the Patriots. And then the Chiefs obviously give the best shot to beat the Ravens. If the Ravens play the Patriots, I think they, the Patriots linebackers are too slow. They're not going to keep up with the Ravens. So I think Saints... Niners in San Francisco, Levi Stadium, Chiefs, Ravens, and M&T Bank, whatever they call it now. Who knows? I have the same Final Four, um, I, which means it won't happen, which means one of these teams will get picked off. Uh, I, I think the one – I'll say this so, to make it more interesting. I agree with those four teams. I don't see anybody beating Baltimore in the divisionals. The I don't only, either. The only team because of the style – Believe it or not, even though we talk, it's Tennessee just because of Henry, like I, maybe if they got in that game, like Henry could just run the ball, they can control the clock. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. I don't think Baltimore is losing. Uh, Houston. I, I just we saw that already. I know sometimes those things don't correlate, but they blitzed the hell out of Watson. He had no answer for it. I don't know that that changes magically all of a sudden. Um, I don't think New England's going to Kansas City and winning that game. I don't. Uh, and I am somebody who... An actual Chiefs fan with some common sense. Well, I, I don't I, think so either. Like, look, and I, I'm with you, by the way. Like, to sit there and just be like, there's no way it could happen. You're a moron. Like, of course there's a way it could happen. Okay? I could list 30 ways it could happen. But if Kansas City plays... I, I think, if Kansas City plays a reasonably good game, it's winning the game. Like, they're just better than them. I mean, it's not... Against New England or against Baltimore? Against New England. Against oh, of New course. England. Yes. If, well, we, if they play a reasonable game... They're winning that game. Yeah. And then the NFC, look, I think the Saints is better than Packers. The Packers are fraudulent to me. They haven't been that good all year long. They win these games these really weird ways. The Saints, to me, are the best team going. And the Niners, the only thing I'll say, I love the Niners. They don't want Seattle a third time. They're better than them. They should beat them. They should beat them 100 times out of 100. But Wilson is just hes a pain in the ass to beat. They know each other so well. Like there, there is a lot of truth to when you play a team as much as those two teams play each other, it, it almost becomes like it's almost like playing your brother. Like you might, you should always beat your brother. You're older, you're bigger, but your brother knows you've got a bad knee and he'll kick you in it. Like it's just they're they're weird games. But I I think San Fran, New Orleans, Baltimore, Kansas. City, I think they're the four best teams. I think they're going to be there. Jeff, go all the way. Who's in the Super Bowl? Uh, Baltimore and the Saints, and I think the Saints, the Saints are due, guys. I mean, they, they've got to yeah. win one of these at some point. Here's the thing about playing Baltimore, I think that's tough, is the team speed on defense has to be there, right? So the Bills played well against them. They're fast, okay? The um, the uh, the Niners are fast on defense. Well, the Saints are fast on defense, too. And that's a big part. So the Chiefs, to me, are not fast enough on defense to stop what they're doing now. And this thing about looking at the NFL really quick, we always say, well, this happened five weeks ago. The NFL changes every two weeks, yep. every three weeks. You cannot say what happened in the past is going to happen again. Um, so I think the Saints and the way they play offense, too, spreading everyone out, they'll be able to find ways to get down the field. I think Ravens-Saints, 
Super Bowl. Now it would be, you know, Saints would not make it as a as a as a team who uh, has a bye, which will be unique for the last I think six years. Every team who's made Super Bowl has had a bye. Verim, when you're walking around South Beach in your speedo, who are you going to be covering? Oh my God! Hopefully myself. Um, I I will take uh, Kansas City and San Francisco. I think San Francisco at home that might just be enough of a difference. Uh, and I've and I've been on the Saints all year, but I just feel like that them having not you know having to play on Wild Card Weekend, I I think that might just be enough. Like it just it's a lot of games to have to win in a row. They're all hard games in the AFC. I really think it's a coin flip. Like I look, Baltimore is on fire. Kansas City's playing really well. The reason I'm taking Kansas. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. City is I think Mahomes will be the best player on the field in that game. I, I just. I, they lost in the AFC title game last year. He was unbelievable down the stretch of that game. I, I just the other reason is, I'm, and if this game happens, I'm fascinated to see how this goes down. The Ravens blitz more than any team in the NFL. When they have done that to the Chiefs the last two times they've played them, the Chiefs have absolutely destroyed that blitz, even without Tyreek Hill. I'm curious to see does Martindale for a third time does he blitz him like crazy again, or does he back off? If they blitz the Chiefs like crazy, I think the Chiefs will win. If they back off, that might be enough to screw the Chiefs up for a yeah. half, a quarter, whatever, and Baltimore wins. But I, yeah. I'll be honest, that game, yeah. I really think that game's split in hairs. I, I think both teams are really, really good. Well, well I know we'll have plenty of time to debate this when it actually comes. But last comment I want to say, and Matt, I love your opinion on this too since you watch as much Chiefs as I do. I worry about, in that game specifically, having – Chiefs have had a tendency to go really quiet on offense for large stretches of the yes. game. So if Baltimore has an eight-minute drive and the Chiefs have a two-minute drive and punt the ball, and then the Ravens have a seven-minute drive and the Chiefs have a touchdown. Yep. And it just, the Chiefs have just had this year long stretches where, A, they do nothing on offense. They need a Damian Williams weird play to go 84-yard touchdown. Yep. And they're really bad in the red zone this year, which is shocking to me because they can't run really because they can't run the football. Yep. So I worry about this their style of play against that team being an issue. And we'll get to that all that when they I think eventually play in a couple weeks. Which is why I'm taking the Ravens, by the way, to go. And I'm also picking the Green Bay Packers. I want that on the record. I think the magic of Aaron Rodgers is going to show up this year in the playoffs. I don't think the Packers are the best team. But I like Green Bay. I just have a feeling the Packers are going to do it this year. Okay, and that would be an interesting matchup if it was Green Bay and 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 Baltimore. A lot, of, ton of storylines. But I'm just hoping that's not New England. I'm, I, I I I I'd be shocked this year. Enough, Skinug. Too many times we've we've seen it. I, I appreciate the greatness, but 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 you're done. Sort of like this. I don't know. I feel like it's like the Spurs and the and the Patriots. Like you're you, you had your run and Brady's old and it's over. Brady, Tim Duncan. Let's do in or out, guys, as we move along here. Uh, and we'll start with Tom Brady, Matt Verderam. Tom Brady. This will be his last year with the New England Patriots. Are you in or out? I'm actually I'm actually in. I I just really. Well, here's why. Here's why. Okay, and and I'll I'm not. This is no inside. Like I. It's just my opinion. My reasoning is, 
I think they're going to win this week, and I think they're going to lose in Kansas City. I don't think it's going to be a massacre or anything. I think the Chiefs will win somewhat handily, but it's not going to be anything where people are like, oh my God, it's, it's so bad. The reason I feel that way is, if you look at the cap situation, Brady has forever taken a sweetheart deal to help them win games. Does he do that again? If he, like, if he comes to them and says, I want two years and 60 million bucks, which by the way, he would get somewhere else. Yes. If he does that, I don't think Belichick is going to sign him to it. Like, I think Belichick's just going to say, well, then we can't upgrade our team anywhere else because they wouldn't have the cap space to do it. And Belichick's not dumb. They don't have a second-round pick. They traded it for the corpse that is Mohamed Sanu. They're looking at this thing going, how are we getting better? Like, what? Because right now, they're not good enough to beat Baltimore, and they're not good enough to beat Kansas City. And those two teams should only be getting better with those young quarterbacks. So if I'm Belichick, I'm sitting there going, okay, how do I do this? Now, I also think Brady, unless you really believe in it's a fact this is his elbow and that's the whole problem, he is not the player he used to be. He's not awful, but he's average. Like, I think the Chargers, who are desperate to sell tickets, moving into this new building in Los Angeles, not that Brady's from L.A., but he's from California, he's from San Mateo, you just wonder... Does does this does do the Chargers throw enough money at him where he goes? You know what? I'll go home and play in good weather for for the rest of my career. And I have a lot of weapons in, in with the Chargers. I want to prove I can win without New England. Look, everybody, could, nobody could have imagined Joe Montana on the Chiefs or Joe Namath with the Rams or Peyton Manning with the Broncos until it happened. I think we might be seeing it. I really do for a variety of different reasons. We're moving on from old man Philip, and we're going to older man Tom Brady, but people would be excited about it. they got to sell tickets. Yeah, no, people would be excited about it. I'm with you. Jeff, what do you think? In or out, Brady's last year in New England? I'm in on this. Uh, His contract is obviously done the end of the year. I think Matt made some great points. I'm not going to belabor them. I think it's really good. One uh, one specific point, and Matt mentioned this a little bit, is the idea of him taking less money has always been that he – reinvest that into helping him and they have not seemed to do that at all right they didn't get a tight end the wide receivers aren't very good they upgraded that they let their offensive lineman walk every year so they just haven't invested back in the team like i think he expected them to do i think he's out he's made close to 200 million dollars but he's also left about a good 50 million on the table too and when you're i don't know i'm assuming he doesn't need the money but when you know it's your last deal maybe you get as much of you, as and, you possibly and can and also too with him he's never been like a big endorsements guy like he's not on every commercial he's not Peyton Manning right with like nationwide and all that stuff like not say he doesn't make any money on the side i'm sure he does but i'm just saying it's a respect thing by right? all these years like like guys want to get paid like we, anyone in any walk of life right. right like why does your salary matter as much to you as right. it does like I mean, for some of us, it's just to live, but it's also like it's respect for like what you do for your organization. And so I think like Brady, he knows this is it. Like get paid, man, get paid. And if the Pats insult him with a low offer, I see him saying, you know what? Screw it. I'll go play somewhere else. Fine. It'll be, it'll be very, very weird to see him in another uniform. But to your point earlier, it happens. Uh, happens, happens to so many. So, I mean. MJ finished up his career with the Wizards. Let me throw that in there, along with everything else you said. Let's go to Chicago, actually, and let's talk about the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy having their season-ending press conference and all of Chicago scratching their head when Ryan Pace declared that Mitchell Trubisky will be their quarterback in 2020. However, they also said that they didn't know if they'd make any changes with their coaching staff, and then two hours later, they fired four coaches, including their offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich. So... Uh, Jeff Schwartz, 
The Bears are lying about Mitchell Trubisky in or out. <laughs> um, of course they're lying about Mr. Trubisky. Um, they have not made their mind up yet. They haven't evaluated the possible quarterbacks in the draft. They haven't evaluated the, the potential free agents in the market as well. They're 100% lying, but they have to do this. They have to lie, right? If it, 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 uh, Chris Ballard for the Colts actually said today that they're not sure about Jacoby Brissett, so at least he's not lying, but Ryan Pace is lying here. Yes, uh, 100% he's lying. And if he's not lying, he should be like, like look, they, they know Trubisky was terrible this year. And for anyone who's like, well, I don't know if they really feel that way, go look at the way they call plays. Nagy is horrified of Mitchell Trubisky. Horrified. Okay? The last time we were all together, we were previewing Chiefs Bears, and I remember Carm saying, ah, I think that game's going to be pretty close. Did I say and that? You did. It I wasn't be it, shot for that. It, it, you, it really, it was not pretty. We all we all get things wrong, though. Don't be hard on yourself. No, no, no. But, I deserve it to but, be at least, okay, fine. I'll, I'll take but, a. But Trubisky, I mean, it was just, it was so bad. And then they play the Vikings Week 17, who are playing Ooh. for nothing. They're basically playing the three of us and eight guys off the street. And Trubisky's like barely engineering a drive to win at the end of the game. He's yeah. terrible. He's awful. But they, they have to stick by him because Pace knows if it doesn't work, it's probably his job. Okay? Nagy might be in the same boat. That said, though, like if you are the Bears, we just saw the blueprint of how to handle this. You bring in competition that's a veteran player and you, you hope that either Trubisky has a huge uptick in his production or you go to that guy. We just saw this in Tennessee. Mariota stinks. Yeah, but, and, they, and they brought in Tannehill, and you see what happens. Yeah, but Tannehill's not the answer for the future in Tennessee. I mean, I feel like if, if the Bears do anything, you have to bring a young guy in. And if Trubisky fails, then the young guy takes over and becomes your guy. I just feel like going the, going the veteran route just guarantees you're being okay for another couple of years. But see, I think, I think they don't have a first-round pick this year. So if I'm them, like what I would yeah. do – is I would bring in a backup quarterback and a one-year deal, just like the Titans do with Tannehill. And then, like, look, like for an example, and I'm just throwing the name out there, like if the Broncos cut Flacco or Mariota himself or any of these kinds of guys, right? Like, and they, they if Trubisky stinks at midseason, you pull him, you play their guy for eight games, you cut them both at the end of the year, and then you draft the quarterback next year, which is expected to be a very good class, by the way. Like, that's what I would do if I'm the Bears. Look, I think they're damned if they do, damned if they don't anyway. Because that roster is not as good as some people think it is, in my opinion. Like, everybody offensively, like, what are they? They're Allen Robinson, a bunch of guys, right? Like, they're not great offensively. So, but that, that's my two cents. They, they didn't have a tight end that caught 100, didn't have 100 receiving yards. Trey Burton didn't have 100 yards. He's hurt all year. Do you oh you have to go back to the mid '60s? The last time the Bears didn't have a tight end who had a hundred yards of receiving—it's unbelievable. Wow. And, and they also, you know, they they don't have a lot of picks, but they do have number forty-three and number fifty uh, in the second round. But then they also are not drafting until the fifth round, the sixth, the seventh. So I wouldn't—they look a whole lot better in Chicago if they drafted Gardner Minshew last year. He dra- and Ryan Pace has said that he wants to draft a quarterback every year, but they haven't done it. Uh, let's wrap up with the Jaguars. And whether or not they made a mistake by not cleaning house, did the Jaguars make a mistake? Verem, you in or out? I'm actually out on the fact that it's a mistake. Uh, you know what? Marone, I think, is a better coach than people give him credit for. And, you know, look, like NFL Twitter is the most fickle, ridiculous thing in the world. 
a year and a half ago, it was like, you know, Marone, he's a, he's a good coach, and he's doing a good job. And then, like, he doesn't go for it on fourth and eight from midfield, and people are just screaming they needs to be fired. You know, as if, as if they would go for it on fourth and eight from midfield in that situation. I don't think Marone is a great coach. I think he's a good coach. And he's been saddled with a team that hasn't performed very well. Now, Dave Caldwell, GM, it, it's a matter of opinion. The, the, the Bortles pick was a train wreck, okay, but he's drafted well a lot of other top, like Miles Jack, Yannick Ngakwe, Brandon Lindor, Jalen Ramsey. Now they trade Ramsey, but they got two first-round picks for him, which I will contend is a very good deal for Jacksonville. I, I like Ramsey a lot. He's not worth two first-round picks. So I actually don't mind what they did. I get being angry and pissed off if you're down in Duval. I understand that. But I, I think Caldwell has a good enough draft record that I like it now. He's had some big misses, Bortles, Fournette to an extent, but I, I, I don't kill them for it. I think teams that just fire everybody every two years, like they never get anywhere. So I right. don't mind the continuity. I really don't. I actually don't hate it for Jacksonville. Jeff, where are you my at? Com- my comment on this is pretty simple. Something I referred to back to the Cowboys and Jason Garrett, who, by the way, as we're recording this, they said he hasn't finished his exit interviews yet, which is absolutely wildly <laughs> hilarious. So those happened, those happened in one day, and half the team is probably gone now that doesn't live in Dallas, you know, full-time. Really, he's just dragging this process out to drag it out. Um, you know, if you're Jacksonville, you just got rid of Tom Coughlin. So, like, let Doug Brown have a year without Coughlin. But who are you hiring that's better than Doug Marone? I mean, that's right. part of it as well, right? You have Nick Foles coming back. You hope he becomes the Nick Foles you thought he'd be. And you have a talented team. No more Tom Coughlin. Guys will seem happier. And just go and try to win some games. I'm fine with it. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. Gentlemen, let's wrap up here with uh, what are we looking forward to this week and what to watch for. Uh, what are you most excited in 60 seconds or less for your wild card weekend? Jeff, we'll start with you. Uh, really quickly, uh, obviously the Patriots. Is this the end of the dynasty? And also, will Cousins ever win an important game? We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. I'm really interested in Saturday night. If the Titans win, it's a huge statement. And then all of a sudden, that game against Baltimore, you're like, man, could they? Like, could they win that game? Um, but if the Pats go out and totally dominate this game, <laughs> you're going to see a different narrative going into next week. I don't think either one happens. I think that the Pats win a close one. Uh, but I'm very interested to see how that game plays out. See, I'm hoping that we get a run out of the Houston Texans because I like to watch Deshaun Watson play football because I'm a masochist, and I imagine what he would look like in Chicago if Ryan Pace was an idiot. An idiot. But uh, So I'm hoping the Texans make a run here. Well, we'll see. I, I'm not betting on that, but I, I hope they at least get through the wild card weekend. Gentlemen, one hour of amazing football content, you two powerhouses, as we get into our wild card, wild card weekend. We're looking forward to talking to you. Uh, next week on the normal Tuesday. Uh, yes. But uh, coming back from the break, hope everybody had a great holiday. Happy New Year to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All of that. And uh, yes, tell a friend, subscribe. We really appreciate you listening to Stack in the Box in video and or audio form. Jeff, great to see you. Matt Berteram, you're the man. And we will see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.